Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers podcast. Welcome to episode 55 of the podcast. If you've been keeping track of the flow, I guess, of these episodes, you know what time it is. But before we get to that, I want to run through everywhere we are currently on the internet. We do have uh, the, all your basic internet stuff, uh, including uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Those are the the bigger ones, I guess, the main social media that you'll be able to follow us at, and we use those to, you can keep track of what we're doing at the podcast, when we record, when we release, or any other um, any other announcements we post through there. If you want to talk to us more directly, we did start a, a Discord channel, so you can get a, you know, join our Discord and talk to us on there if you want to about video games or movies or separate little things on there dedicated to the different aspects of the podcast you can follow us on twitch of course because we're a video game podcast so we gotta have a, we gotta we gotta do some twitch every now and then mm-hmm. um, not just video game podcast twitch you know everybody does that but we do uh, we like to stream our uh, co-op games. Every now and then we'll stream a single-player thing, but we usually we use it mostly to stream our uh, the days when me and Blake play a co-op game together. And like everybody else with a podcast or anything else on the internet, we do have a Patreon. Uh, Patreon is just a way for if you like the podcast and want to give us some extra support, that's where you go to join there, and that just helps us. Uh, cover the uh, some of the costs it takes to maintain the podcast itself past that I do I do maintain a, uh, a playlist on Spotify which covers uh, all the music of the bands that I play on the podcast all compiled into one place not all not all the bands music just the songs that I've picked to play on the podcast we're not adding to that this week but the playlist is always there uh, one of the newer things we have now is our lock, stock, and two-spoken controller store. There's lots of cool stuff in there. The, the basic shirts and hats and water bottles, coffee mugs, and a special piece of underwear. And um, lastly, if we do have an email address, if you want to write in any write in anything to us. Uh, I mean, we'll take game recommendations, or we would like to have people's thoughts and feelings on any of the games, movies, or bands that we've had on the podcast. We have lots of listeners and stuff like that, but nobody ever writes in. People are like to lurk on the internet and not really get involved with a lot of things. Just fine. We do the same thing. Okay. Um, but the email, you can use the email for that. You can email me for uh, uh, suggestions about the store if there's something you think uh, you think that I can maybe maybe put in the store that I haven't already. I'll see if I can do that. You know, just write in to the, the email, which is uh, 
two smoking controllers at gmail.com with that's the number two, not the word two, but uh, you know. Last two things, of course, is a cross a regular promotion and cross promotion. I guess it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake has started another uh, podcast, kind of piggybacking off of this one a little bit. It's Action, the movie podcast, with our good buddy Steve, where him and Blake uh, take turns picking movies for each other to watch, and uh, they go, they just talk about the movie through and through usually it's a full spoiler podcast this is different than what Blake tries to do on this podcast where he tries to tries to sell you on a movie or a TV show and not spoil it for you at the same time so we wanted to give him a better outlet to take care of that and the last thing of course is uh, Blake's story which is on amazon.com uh, you could find that by searching they come this night you can get that little that little thing for only a dollar or for free if you got a Kindle Unlimited. Mm-hmm. That covers everything that we have on the internet currently. Yeah, that's all of our current internet locations. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, we're not we're not gonna do a TikTok or anything like that. We're too way too cool to do TikToks. I assume. Maybe I don't even. I'm too old to know that. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, earlier, this is, uh, a normal thing we do on the podcast. This is a VR, a Gamefly episode, a Gamefly episode. If you're new to the podcast, it's your first episode. It's an episode where we take, because we have Gamefly along with Game Pass and whatever else. Uh, Gamefly, we are big fans of because it lets you, of course, try anything. If you don't like it, you just send it back. There's no penalties, no anything, except, you know, uh, uh, Gamefly isn't limited to just Xbox like Game Pass is and stuff like that. So we usually have um, games from other consoles. I think we only co- we only have two consoles this time. We got two Xbox games and one PlayStation 4 game. But the idea of the Gamefly episodes is this is just games we we didn't beat for whatever reason. Uh, we normally do one to two games an epi- a regular episode, one to two games. This will be three only because these games weren't beat by either one of us, so we kind of will go through the games a little quicker and give you a little, a little more, you know, shake things up a little bit by talk, talking about three different games. Uh, Blake will still do his normal uh, developer intros, and then we'll talk about what little what little bits we played of these games, and we'll bang through this, and Blake will end this thing with a, a TV show this week, actually, so... Let's get this thing started. All right. The first game we're going to be talking about is called Disaster Report 4. Summer, sometimes called Summer Days, sometimes called Summer Memories. came out November 22nd, 2018. Now, it's developed by a company called Gran Granzella, G R A N Z E L L A. 
And so they've actually been rebranded a few times. They were originally called... Actually, I don't even know what their original name was just because they were an in-house type situation, one of those random names. But then they were... After that, they were called Irma. Or I-R-E-M-A. Irma Studios. Where they were in the process of making a bunch of games, but they were forced to to change uh, change names after a after the 2011 earthquake and tsunami that hit Japan because they're based out of uh, Ishikawa and so they were forced to like shut down and rebrand just because of a lot of bad a lot of projects they were on were cancelled and they just wanted to get away from the bad name and so when they finally did rebrand into Granzella to put out the disaster report for they're not responsible for the, the first three. Not really. Which is strange. Probably the same people Mm-mm. we know. Or in a way to know if any of the original people. I think so. Some some people kind of. It most is mostly they they've only put out seven games since the rebranding to Granzella. Hmm. Uh, most of them were uh, disaster report four and I believe R type. Which is like those bullet hell games, I think. Mm-hmm. And even then, it was like the the later renditions. And uh, sadly enough, is based uh, three days before this game was supposed to be released, they actually were stopped by an actual earthquake again. <laughs> the irony. Yeah. And so they've just had a bunch of just bad luck and trying to come together and more bad luck and trying to come together and so the game itself uh, you heard me chuckling about earthquakes is it's literally a action social adventure mm-hmm. where you survive uh, the aftermath of an earthquake for six to seven days yeah, it's ongoing too kind of aftershocks and stuff yeah aftershocks and just the collapsing of buildings and whatnots, and that's that's pretty much it. Like the whole thing, it's kind of socially is because you can start the game and you can basically, you know, you standard boy or girl at the very beginning of the game, and then you get very very light customization. What I found weird about it was sometimes you'll be um, in between scenes, you'll be walking somewhere, and what the, the main one that stuck out to me was like you kind of like sat down on a sidewalk and mm-hmm. then you like this is like a couple hours into the game you sat down on a sidewalk and you like built your characters past yeah it was like daydreaming and you're like putting together these large these large large chunks of your past while he's while he's sitting there thinking about it and I was like this is a weird way to, a weird really weird way to do this to do some ca- character customizations yeah but out a couple hours into the game though it seemed like this is like you know it was a little tad strange because, like, the whole thing was making spur-of-the-moment decisions based off... You say? It's not like, uh... There wasn't much... Was there... There was no timing. Was there, was there timing on your decisions ever? Sometimes. Well, you had, like, the list and the bar going down. But yeah, the bar going down? Because this game... Usually when you play a game where you make decisions, you have, like, two or three choices at the most. This game will have, like, 15 extremely long sentences to pick from. Extremely long sentences, like add-on like the whole sentences. Screen, the whole screen lights up. The whole screen fills up with words and sentences. you got to pick one of these 
one of these like 10 15 or 15 choices. Yeah, to like, and you got to read each one, see if you want to do it. Like, it was kind of crazy. I don't remember there ever being a time constraint on that, but it was just like, why is there so many different things to say, and how much could it and they all almost, possibly possibly matter, 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 matter? And they all almost sort of said the same thing, but differently. Yeah, it, that's annoying. Because one of the things was... Uh, Perfect example was like one of the first decisions you get to make in the game before the earthquake actually happens is there's an old lady on the bus and you could be like, you smile at the old lady and let her take your seat. You get up and think, stupid old lady, but give her your seat anyway. You stand up and don't say anything and move out of the way. And she eventually sits in your seat. Like everything basically has the same in in goal in goal but the reason why you're doing it is different and it just seemed and that happens and it's like a reasoning that's only in your head that, that nobody else oh yeah every, everything was in parentheses it's all like in internal monologue with himself yeah and i just thought it was super strange and it, it the fact that those random decisions suppose that like again we didn't beat the game so based off reading it like reading some of the plot synapses and stuff some of these random things have big in-game de- effects because you eventually come back to these people but yeah we were well just a little, just a little some of the things that matter i guess because we were following a a guide a neo seeker a neo seeker guide which i don't know if we mentioned neo seeker on here neo seeker has become our go-to website for uh guides when there's no guide on ta or anything like that because not ta doesn't always have guides ready to go uh, but neo seeker has been incredibly reliable uh, the past couple, past yeah, couple like, of years, I feel yeah, like. they've gotten increasingly so. But anyway, when you're following that guide on NeoSeeker, he he tells you specific things to say and do and talk to this person now because you, if you don't do it now, you, you won't get another chance. And if you don't do it now, it negates a later event, which negates a trophy and stuff like that. So the game, though it had too, way too many things to say, also had very specific things you had to do to have certain events even happen, which seems... Kind of annoying. I think it's supposed to increase replay value, maybe. Oh my god, I don't. There's always something about replay, replaying Japanese games. I just, I just can't. And there's of course, like I said earlier, it's social, and supposedly as you get further in, you get several romance options and this, that, and the other. For it's totally not important. Yeah, especially in the state of surviving an earthquake. Like, oh, let's romance and. You have, like, a high school teacher, and then there's, like, the clothing designer, and then there's some random lawyer chick. I'm just like, cool. Cool. Fantasy, (laughs) daydreams, cool. I get it. I get it. But Mm -hmm. I want to do something else. And the game's also a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. When I looked it up, because I used another plug for a website, the How Long to Beat, they have have an app that, then you just pull the game up. It tells you how long how long to beat website is a kind of like a I don't know what you call it, but it's a, a bunch of people you 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 get on the website and a bunch of people have posted how long it took them to beat a game, and it get and the website aver- averages it out so you know that kind of get a good average of how long it takes to beat. If you play straight through, if you do all the side stuff and everything like that, I think this was like a ten hour run through, and I was like, oh cool, ten hours is nothing. Like we ten hour a ten hour game is. We do in no time, you know. Obviously, ten hours is nothing when it comes to video games. Yeah. But uh, like I felt like, and the game is divided. The game, this game is divided into six days, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played like 
two sittings, like two nights of me sitting and playing. That's average which, which about are, like what six hours, maybe. Yeah, maybe two, three hours a night. And I hadn't complete. I, I never completed day one. I was like, "There's no way this game's gonna be ten hours if I haven't beaten two sittings. I haven't completed day one yet." Yeah, I would think I was close to beating day one. And I was kind of, and this is where we get to where we stop playing certain games. I was already getting kind of uh, wore out, kind of bored, kind of wore out on what the game was doing. You're running around having a bunch of pointless conversations in the middle, middle of an earthquake and. Other silliness is happening, and then you got the occasional scripted buildings falling down and stuff like that. I did get crushed by a falling building, but yeah. you, just, you just load right before it happened. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the same thing over and over again. It's like, go have these meaningless conversations with these people and either improve their lives or or make their lives crappier. Basically, you got mm-hmm. moral points, you got immoral points, and moral points, depending on like. One of the earlier decisions you can make is you can sell some bandages to some people, but then you can hype them up and say they're magical bandages that will heal you. No, you're just you don't—they're not magical. You're just saying you're just talking about how 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 bad they'll need them and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. kind of just being a typical bad human being. So people were panicking and needed thought they needed bandages right now, and and so that's the first little moral moral point you deal with because we're following the guy and the. <laughs> you need money, ironic. First, it, it, it makes more sense later because it's it's kind of dumb, but you need money in the middle of a earthquake. But you sell the bandages real high, and then you go to the other place and you steal this money for the, steal this money from the store. You do all these bad bad things to get this money. To eventually, you'll meet this character who's selling uh, stocks or something. And you need like five hundred thousand dollars to buy these stocks from this guy. To who knows the end result? Because I didn't get far enough to figure out what you do. I'm because it's like, supposed to give you a boatload of good karma from buying these good stocks from him or something. Oh. I don't remember. I'm just like these things, man. Who is buildings are crum- crumbling around you, and we're we're worried about. And you meet that business guy who's who's dealing with the. His company, we're worried about why his company's not doing real good right now. We're like, dude, the... Because there's, there's an earthquake going on. There's more important things. Yeah, people just... I don't know. I think there's, there's a uh, a cultural significance between the two. Because there are people who are like... there's One of the people you meet is a, an older gentleman who got laid off from his job. And his story is that he's been lying to his family for the past three months and saying he's been going to work when he was laid off with severance pay and just goes to the park and sits there for eight hours and then goes home because he doesn't have the heart to tell them that he was laid off. What? He sits there for three months. Instead of using that three months to get another job? Yeah, to look for another job or something. He just sat there and, and he was like, I'm so scared because next week is my last paycheck. Uh, Why don't you just look for another job, bro? And there were some other people that were so, they were so upset at like going, they're going for a job interview that day. And they're like, why does the earthquake have to happen today? And you're so whiny. It's like, dude, it's it's a natural disaster. They're going to reschedule the interviews, bro. It's not that bad if they even live through this. Exactly. And the company could go under, which would suck for those who need a job. But guess what? There's going to be jobs opening up because unfortunately some people died. (laughs) 
hate to make like I hate to make light of a natural disaster and everything, but you know every cloud's got a silver lining and all that jazz. Yeah, just a lot of a lot of whiny people. What really any uh, nothing that stood in, out in, enduring in, endearing in, characters. None. I, I didn't think so. Your main character, your main your main character is a blank slate. You can make them. Contradict themselves in their own brain. That you can go back and forth with so many, so many different things you say and do. No real personality to the main character. And there's a bunch of random add-ons. Like you get different outfits and costumes throughout the game. You get a reason to change your compass a whole bunch. And there's like your backpack. Compass, compass, the compasses are just a collectible. Yeah, your compass and your backpack and a bunch. Like I said, a bunch of little add-ons that were just. Yeah, you do have to. Um, the backpacks are just more slots. You find a backpack. There's ways. It's like fifteen or twenty backpacks, I guess. Each time you find one, you get like one more, one or two more slots to carry stuff, and you got to carry food and water because you do have a hunger, kind of slow moving hunger and thirst. You know, we, we talked we talked about that before in the podcast. We don't do survival games, but it seems to move pretty slow in that in this game. So I wouldn't worry too much about it if you're going to play this game all the way through, but. The, the guy we followed was like, you know, the certain places, you know, buy buy a couple of bottles of water here and buy a couple of sandwiches or whatever those things were, some sort of Japanese food. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Rice were... cakes or something. Buy a cup. Buy just, don't, buy, don't, don't buy a million because you don't need them. But buy, you know, buy just a handful and carry them with you. You kind of keep it, kind of watch a little stuff. It's not nowhere near as bad as other games where you just spend the entire time starving to death. Oh, yeah. It's it's and 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 that's the the weird line you walk where it's it's so slow then why even bother putting it in the game? Exactly. The game did look fairly pretty though, for what yeah. it was. I was expecting it to look way worse than it was going to, but I was surprised everyone looked pretty realistic and no one was too. There was that one character, that one, that, that one like, crazy looking girl. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was like, whoa, she's way over makeuped, looked yeah. almost like a prostitute. It was bad, like a, like. A stereotypical what you think a prostitute would look like with makeup caked on. She looked like that, but worse. Yeah. She had big old monkey ears too. Yeah, and the environments looked all right. You could tell it was. You could kind of tell some parts were low budget. They were using a lot of the same assets throughout the city. Yeah. Um, the buildings, which you see a lot of buildings and stuff fall down. You see some part of it fall. And then what you, what happens is you see come, some of it come down, and there's sm- and there's the, the, the smoke and stuff, and I think the smoke is uh, usually hiding the it replacing the area with with a new like a new a, a new oh, it's like a hidden loading screen almost. I know, I know, not even a loading screen. It's just like because the building's not really going to fall and land. The building's falling isn't isn't like a real time kind of thing. It's like its own little animation of a building falling. And there's smoke. So the main one I remember was like there's this there's this four four thing street four uh, crossway street. Yeah. And there's stuff around. And there's a it was a red car. Everybody's standing around this red car. And then this building in this one corner falls. It kind of comes down. And there's all this smoke. And then uh, and then everything's kind of the the art of the area. The landscape is redone. And when the smoke clears, is the car that was the car's in the same spot. The car is now crushed by part of the building. It's just been, the whole area is, the landscape's been replaced by mm. a new art of the landscape. But they yeah, use the smoke to cover that up. I get you, yeah. yeah. A way to like drop, drop in the curtain, I think the term is. Uh, to like re, maybe. To but, uh, re-render. Yeah, it was just covering up a new 
thing, which is fine. I mean, you can't expect a low-budget company to do. I mean, I don't know if anybody would do real-time. I don't know if anybody's ever done real-time buildings falling. I don't think. Well, I mean, um, Red Faction Gorilla. Was yeah. like the whole point of that game was... Well, they, they weren't... Was there skyscrapers in that? I don't, I don't. I haven't played Red Faction in a long time. Well, yeah, even, well, I don't even, think there were skyscrapers. Even the remaster, I didn't play it. There might have been skyscrapers if you played deeper. Further than, in. Yeah. I remember knocking down little buildings, but yeah. it may have had skyscrapers. You're right. That was, this engine, that was the engine specifically built to do that, actually. That's the only... So that may be the one game. Yeah, you don't, you don't count stuff like a... I mean, you'd always say EDF. I say EDF, but EDF is just <laughs> tiny buildings. Yeah, well, no, no, well, no, well, they were... well, they're not. I mean, they're big buildings, but they're like just the same animation for every building. Oh yeah, you would shoot it, and then it would just fall through the ground and leave behind a pile of rubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> EDF was, EDFs are awesome. Yeah. Um. So we said, we said why well, we we didn't beat it because it was just getting kind of walking around and just talking to people you just kind of don't care about and. That's why I was, I was just getting bored. I mean, I hate that I can't beat a ten-hour game. I was just getting, I was just getting bored. Nothing was endearing to me at all. Yeah, I was like, I don't care about any of these people. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a tad spoiled by um, when it comes to Japanese games. Really, I'm a tad spoiled by Yakuza these days. Yeah, and I don't expect. I didn't. I wasn't expecting this to be like Yakuza with earthquakes. That's not what I was expecting. But I thought maybe there'd be a little bit of some a, characters, some like someone. ongoing people, or like one guy you meet who saves you off the, the bus, and you guys, you know, join. I, I don't know exactly what I was expecting. I was just kind of bored by it all. And once you see one building fall in this, you've kind of yeah seen them all. Well, there was one cool part where you got to travel through a building as it was collapsing. That was kind of cool, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of tilting. All the stuff comes sliding down. Yeah, and if you didn't dodge it, that you got hit by the the desk and got thrown out yeah. the window and died. There's probably some set pieces we missed out on and stuff like that. Maybe some good, better. Yeah, but place. I don't think I got to the set piece, uh, a set piece early enough. It was just kind of like walk around town, walk into this department store, meet a girl. Like, there was, like, like, I don't want everything to be walking through a building, but I'm like, I mean, I could have had some cool thing, but, like, I don't know. It just, it was too much of the, and not enough different. Uh, I guess. That's kind of why we, that's why we didn't beat that game. I mean, there's not, yeah. there's not much more to it. And we said, uh, we mentioned other podcasts, but uh, we have a thing. Me and Blake used to beat, if it was beatable, we would beat every single game we touched. For the longest time, and uh, it at a certain point you you play a lot of you play a lot of bad games, and it kind of makes you a tad miserable. But we, we got to a agreement amongst ourselves that we if we're just if you just turn a game off, if you turn a game off on the first night, and like but by the time you get back to the next night of playing, if you haven't thought about that game at all, or if there's been nothing about that game to draw you back or make you want to play it, then you maybe you might as well just drop that, move on to the next game, because there is a quite literally an un- unlimited number of games to play. Oh yeah, all these folks on the internet talking about, oh, I've played all the games. I'm so bored. That's impossible. You haven't played all the games. There's thousands of games to play. There's new games coming out every day. You haven't played them all. No. So, you know. So, but if you have, you've probably turned everything on for five minutes. Yeah. That And that doesn't count as playing a game. Yeah. I don't think anybody's played every game or 
I need to branch out and play other stuff. Uh, I've played uh, I've played all the Call of Duty this year. You know the old Call of Duty jokes. I'm gonna do that right now. Oh yeah. But uh, so we we have no problem in general. Uh, I do like to beat games. I beat games that I like. You know, <laughs> when that comes to this, I'd rather just move on to the next thing. Uh, a lot of a lot of quitting uh, these days is due to just bore, boredom. Yeah, there's people just make boring games, and I, I don't I don't know what they may not seem boring in the studio. They may may not be boring to other people, but I, I mean that's where I now one of these games I didn't one of these games one of the other games on the on the list today I I did quit to boredom. Another game, the next game we'll talk about, we quit for. Uh, different reasons, so we can get into that one now. But uh, if you're interested in a trying to survive an earthquake and meet some other helpless whiny people along the way, maybe disaster report four is for you. You got anything else for it, Blake? No, not really. Are you ready to move on to the next game then? Yeah, I was just making sure I had everything pulled up. All right. So our next game we're going to be jumping into. Is called Remothered Tormented Fathers. to make sure it does say fathers okay so this game uh, originally came out uh, January 30th 2018 so it's not too terribly old already got a sequel yeah it had a sequel that came out uh, two years later uh, October 13th 2020 and that was called Remothered Broken Porcelain and it is a direct sequel which I'll get into because I I did one of those things where I didn't beat the game, but I was interested enough, and I read the plot synapses of both games. And they are enjoyable, but I think the gameplay is what hampers it. Yeah, and that's what I, I talked about. There's a different reason we quit this game, and we'll talk about that. There's a reason we quit this game is, is, is the same reason we quit another uh, more uh, more renowned game. Yes. Uh, but uh, we'll get to that after he can talk about the developer and stuff like that. So, first and foremost, uh, the developer is called Storm Mind Games. They've only made three games thus far. Uh, this one, its sequel, and another game called um, Batora Lost Haven, which is a... I God, I think it was a, a twin-stick shooter of a uh, non-linear story progression. It sounds kind of cool. Where it's uh, you're supposed to balance the mental and physical natures of a girl who's escaping Earth as it falls into oblivion, and she just is hurtled through space. Is what it sounds like, and she sees other colorful planets along the way. It sounds cool, but is that, the, is that their first game, or is that after? That's, their, that's their most recent one. It's it's not, it's not even coming out to 2022. Okay. So they 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 make quality games, ish, because they take they take their time at the very least. So the game only 
the game. The company only runs off uh, 25 employees. They are Italian-based, though I couldn't find out exactly where other than just that they're Italian. But um, one of their... It's kind of what a, a cool thing is their co-founder... No, I think their founder is a gentleman named Chris Darrell, D-A-R-R-I-L. Now, he had originally planned this game to be done strictly using 2D oil paintings. And he was going to have it kind of be storyboarded and given to you almost graphic novel style, where you would make decisions, and depending on what decision you make, you would end up on a different oil, oil painting. Um, he eventually scrapped the idea himself. He canceled the idea. And he then found better funding with... Uh, w- with creating uh, Stormmind games, and they got more funding, and he recreated this as the three D, the full three D experience that, that you get. Mm. But uh, I, wonder, the, I wonder if I would have beat the oil painting version. Possibly, <laughs> it would have been less annoying to deal with, I think, in our opinion. But uh, it's weird. They they developed the game, but the publisher of the game was oddly enough still called Daryl Arts, his own publishing company. So he he made his own game and then helped publish it when they needed money, I guess. Which I you know it's still pretty pretty nice of them to do. Um, it is a survival horror game. Now, I think the game's broken up to about eight chapters. I got about halfway through. I got about into chapter four before I had had too much of it. So the game's not very long, then, huh? Mm-mm. I think it's it's like again. I think it's a ten hour game or less. Hmm. <laughs> but I love I love the intro. Yeah. I liked the walking around of because you're playing a investigative reporter named uh, I believe. Oh man, what is her name? Rosemary. I believe the main character you write right right down the I, mean, I don't know it either but you write down the main character uh, her name, I, th- I believe it's Rosemary Reed and then you're investigating uh into a gentleman named Richard Felton mm-hmm. and you're investigating the his missing daughter but this gentleman Richard Felton has recently gotten out of a uh, mental institute and you're trying to investigate him having just recently got out Rosemary Reed yeah and the investigation of looking to his daughter Celeste about where what happened to her and where she went. And now this is one of those things where I think the majority of the story is uncovered through stuff that you read and nothing that you actually hear or see. Because everything that you hear and see is uh, bonkers. It is a little crazy. And I made it through... <sighs> Because it does um, Alien Isolation. Yeah, that's the other game we want to talk about. Is it's a it's a cool concept just to be on the run from something that is outside your control and entirely completely AI based monster or entity that will chase you and murder you upon instantly seeing you, and you have ways around it. Um, other games that are similar to this would be off the top of my head would be. I think uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine, probably. If you're outside, he, he'll get you. But if you're inside these special safe zones, they can't get you. Mm-hmm. Now, Bendy can't get you. If you if, if you don't see you, you're safe in there. Now, in other situations, 
like in Alien Isolation, depending on what difficulty you're playing on, you're not safe anywhere. And the monster will literally randomly spawn anywhere. Like if you're hiding in a vent, it can literally generate in front of you around the corner, mm-hmm. depending on the difficulty you're playing. And now the reason we quit Alien Isolation originally and the reason we quit this game is, yeah, it's cool hiding from this monster and they know where you're at the ai and the the it's ai knows that you're here but it can't break the rules of the game and rip you out from underneath uh, the couch you're hiding in or the cabinet you're hiding in because it knows you're there because of whatever noise you made that drew its attention but doesn't know where you're at Unless you make a noise or do something, and it, you know, or it sees you actually go into your hiding spot, and but because the game knows that it knows that you're there, but it can't cheat, it will literally walk around in front of you and pace back and forth, back and forth, and I would literally sit there, and I'm not, I mean, literally sit there, while this psychotic old man with a a sickle and no pants on, and the Butcher's apron would just walk back and forth cackling to himself for 20 minutes and I just sat there listening to my character going (laughs) 20 minutes (laughs) and it got boring very fast I managed to beat the old man hold on I'm lightheaded (laughs) (laughs) from that big acting you just did i am my head hurts i'm very lightheaded and it sounds cool but it's so obnoxious to literally like i said sit there for literally 20 minutes while the thing just walked back and forth back and forth and now you can distract him when you're not hiding you, you can throw like these little globes or you know cause you, you could throw all kinds of little random knickknacks around the house i'm so lightheaded from doing that but, like, it's just the same rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And not only are you trying to hide from this guy, is you're also having to do some old-school Resident Evil-style puzzles. Where you're like, oh, no, I have to get a key to this room. This key has been broken into three pieces for some reason inside this house. Mm-hmm. I got to get all three pieces of this heart-shaped thing to put on this wall to... To actually give me the key that opens up this door, which leads to some other secret. Yeah, yeah. It's all. It's there's reasons. It's, it's all there. I guess it's very intricately built. And if all I had to do, I don't know. They they, they could have picked something less annoying, or. I get it. It's survival horror. You gotta survive, and you gotta hide. You gotta wait. And the intensity of the hiding and the waiting. But I'm just like, I'm trying to play to have fun. Yeah. I played all the way through a, a different game called uh, Out, Outlast. And I played all and I played through Outlast, so DLC Whistleblower. And I was never, ever in those games, ever really annoyed by the appearance of the guy that was chasing you. Because um, they were all scripted. Some of, those, some of them are scripted. I think most of them... But what I think, I think you may have missed what I think both what this game does and what the other game does and what Alien Isolation does. 
is that the peep, the old man, and then the alien in that game are always present. I don't think there's any loading for three. I think they're just always active, always wandering around. This three-story home. Yeah, so I think that's that's what different Outlast. It would, you'd be, uh, you're safe. You're kind of safe a lot of the time, and he, and then then that game would spawn them into a, an event, and you just run and hide, and then and then the event would end, and then you're safe for kind of a longer period of time. And the problem with this game and the Alien Isolation is that they don't ever, I don't think they ever really spawn, that they're always actively moving around the environment. Yeah. So anytime you're trying to do something or accomplish anything, it, there's always the dread. You're going to walk on a corner or you're always listening on your, we, we wear headphones, you'll be listening to the f- how close he is. And of course, they're always going to be standing right next to where you need to go. Oh, yeah. Every single time. You know, it, it's just, it's just, it's hindering if it's, if, if you're, but I don't I feel like if your enemy is hindering your ability to explore an environment, then you've, 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 you've done something wrong. Now, Alien Isolation is lauded as one of the best horror games ever created. Like me, me and Blake are in such a minority for finding it annoying fi- and boring. Isolation, bad. Like everybody loves Alien Isolation. I couldn't, could not stand it. It's like, I don't want to spend 20 minutes slowly walking around this room waiting for the alien to leave. Yeah, basically what you end up doing. Because it, it kills the momentum of the game. Yeah. I guess the moment point, maybe I just don't understand how the video game works. My problem with this one is uh, I was sneaking around this house. When I ended up quitting, when I ended up quitting, I quit. But I guess I didn't get as far as you did. I was wandering around the house and the... And who I don't even know why the guy goes from talking to you to hunting you. I don't know what what that deal is. It's in the story. I got spotted, whatever I guess, pretty early in the game, and then we just just sprinted around in circles on this floor while he chased me, cackling. Yeah. And there was nothing I could do to stop him. Literally nothing you can do. You can just distract him, but once he knows you're there, you, there's there's literally no way to get away. Yeah, there's no point. I don't think I had any, any of the items. Maybe I did. I just... Because you can hide under couches and inside cabinets. Not, not if he's right behind you, though. I was running and running and running. I was like, what if, if, if I can't get away from him, why don't he just kill me when he finds me? Why, why ain't there just like a kill me animation as soon as he finds me? Don't, don't give me a chance to run if there's nothing I can do. I know. If there's something you can do, sort of-ish... Because it does have a... Um, you have the defense items. You have, you have, you have defense items for like cleavers and scissors and knives and if he snagged you he or uh the creature i eventually encountered called the red nun if they grab a hold of you 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 have three defensive items and then you would just stab him in the face but then it's it's gone and you have to go get a new one yeah i think i did defense item him one time and it did even just it didn't even slow him down long enough for me to get away and hide somewhere. He immediately grabbed you again. He, yeah, he that, started, started chasing me. Right, he like ah, oh, this sucks, and he started chasing me again. He didn't say that, but you know, he was just like jabbing the neck with some scissors. He just kept on chasing me. I was like, shouldn't that give me a window of opportunity to go hide? Or I don't know, maybe kill the dude because he's nothing supernatural about the old man. He's just a psychotic serial killer. Yeah, I guess. Like. You know, it just seems like, I'm like, cool, what if, like, the point, it'd be cool if, like, the point was to get captured, to use a defensive item, to kill him, to let you move on to the next part. Like, it should have been, like, 
like a like a semi combat thing. Figure out what hurts them in a way to to kill the monsters. Yeah, that's, that's that's too complicated. That's too complicated, problem. I don't know, but it would. I don't know. I got bored with the game very quickly. Now the mythos, not the mythos, but the actual story behind the everything. Yeah. Um, is you're trying to figure out Celeste and who is Celeste and the girl that they had as their daughter for all these years was not really this couple's daughter. They'd kidnapped this girl when their other daughter ran away and they couldn't be without their daughter. And it was a whole like really messed up thing. And this kid Stockholm syndrome didn't know that her name wasn't Celeste and all this stuff. And then the broken porcelain is you get to play as Celeste having run away in, in a different uh, I think she's in like some sort of boarding school or something for wayward girls and just some of the other stuff that pops up like it sounds really cool in theory and reading it sounded really cool played out but playing it was not fun or cool in my opinion yeah I mean you I mean you I mean you say it but you played longer than I did so yeah I didn't get past the initial encounters with the old man and the fact that the whole game uh is an homage to the um the clock tower series. Yeah, can you see that? Yeah. Like the entire game was like how much this dude loved the clock tower series growing up and he we wanted played, this. We played we played like clock tower 2, 2 or 3 whatever on the PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. We used to play it all the time. Could never figure out what to do. No, just playing as a little Japanese schoolgirl running from a red-faced oni. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah, I don't really have too much more to add on this other than well, the music was kind of creepy. You know, it, it, it had yeah, good. I don't, I don't remember it. It did. It does have a weird thing with the uh, save points. How do you save? I don't remember. They were the 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 hallway looking glasses, the mirrors, and that you could stare at them. And the harder you stared at yourself in the mirror, you would heal back all the damage caused to you. But it would slowly make the mirror crack and more and more. Eventually, you would wear out its healing powers. But if you came back later, then the cracks had healed itself over a certain amount of time, and you could reheal yourself. So that was actually kind of a cool thing. So they, it's weird. If we're a thing that's supposed to heal you like that, maybe you should be combating the thing more often. But I don't think you're supposed to because if you don't have a defense item, it's instant death. If you have a defense item, you get one and you get a brief window to run away, but you don't stun it long enough to run away far enough. Yeah, I don't think the mechanics were worked out that well. I I did like the I guess the music was you know it was creepy, but the graphics were really good though. Mm-hmm. The graphics were very realistic, very good, mm-hmm. and the house was pretty good. You know, it's a solidly built three story environment to run around and get lost in, and I think you can go inside just about every room. I don't think anything was that's locked. That's the point because you're in, that's the, your your entire game's in that house. So. Yeah. Unless the doors are locked, you go up and down up and down the stairs. I think there's an elevator that you get to ride occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. I didn't like it all that much, and that's hence why I did not beat it. I think I'm ready to Yeah, move on to the last game for this for this episode. Yes, sir. Rebob. Uh so the third game we're gonna be talking about today is called Black Sad Under the Skin.
Now, it came out originally November 2019. And it has been developed by Pendulo Studios, which is a, a, a Spanish company based out of Madrid. And they've been going since about 1993. And so far, they have made 11 games. Now, most of their stuff comes... Uh, actually, every single one of their games is a graphic adventure game. Every single one of them. And supposedly, like, uh, their company name Pendulo is synonymous with the name, with the term graphic adventures in Spain. Like, that's just, you say that, it's, I assume people automatically assume you're talking about this company. And so, they were actually on the verge of going bankrupt real early on, until their first of a, a series of games called Runaway. Now, there's three of these games so far. And the, the the entire series itself has sold almost two million copies, all three combined. And it's on PC. Uh, yeah. Well, they've made a couple of consoles, but almost everything is comes out on PC first for them. And so, with the success of Runaway, it actually helped um, financially save them for a while. And so, they've been. They've been in flux on and on from being a really big company to being almost going bankrupt. And so as recently as I could tell, the company only runs with 17 people now. Just to try to keep the number smaller, just to keep from these financial troubles, I guess. Now, some of their bigger titles, like I said, is The Runaway, or A Runaway, and then there's two other sequels. They also are responsible for a game called Yesterday and Yesterday Origins. Which, uh, oddly enough, Yesterday Origins is actually on my to-play list on my Xbox right now. I have it currently yeah, downloaded. Yeah, I, I know that'd be the same company. That's interesting. Yeah, we have it, we have that on our consoles. That'll be coming up soonish. But I gotta I gotta be. I think Drew's already played it, right? Yesterday Origins. Mm-mm. Oh, we, we haven't. Okay, no, I haven't, so I haven't played it yet. No. So maybe be something we'll play too before too long. And Black Sad is one of their later games. Now, Black Sad itself is actually based off a French comic book, a French noir comic book where everything is anthropomorphic uh, people or anthropomorphized animals. I don't know how, how to use that term properly. Anyways, now the strange thing about this is it is, in fact, a French comic book. But the writers, the writer and the artist are both Spanish. Spaniards, I guess? <laughs> uh, well, they're based out of Spain, but yeah. they said they wanted to focus on the French market first. So they, they literally write it in French first, publish it in France, and then a month later they, they put it out in Spain. And then afterward, it gets put everywhere else. I think it's been published in like over 28 languages all across Chinese, Czechoslovakian, all the, it's apparently a relatively big comic book. Mm. Which I've never even heard of. But never heard of it, yeah. We're not, we're not on the up and up on comic books, though. Yeah, I know. And so, it's one of those things where the the game company, Pendulio, was like, Hey guys, we're, we're trying to focus on something kind of new and original, and we want to try this. And they, they mentioned Black Sad, and apparently the majority of their... It was... It was a unanimous a unanimous decision because everyone in the company was already a fan of the comic book. 
And so this is also, the game gets a bad rep because it says that it has really long load times, it crashes constantly, and there's a lot of bugs, which I don't think I encountered too many of them. I do know, I do kind of remember some of the slower loading times. Which you shouldn't really experience too much on the X, on the Series X. I don't think you should have, but I think they were, uh, it just goes to show that it was long loading times. But their issue with that is this was also their first time making a fully 3D game. Hmm. And so I guess they had a hard time rendering and Work, just working out, the kinks. working out the kinks. So I'm not mad at them. And the game itself is, like, if you're a fan at all, of noir films, like the old school, the 1940s noir films and stuff like that. It's a fun way. Everyone's got their own little form of speaking and the dialogue they use. It's all real good and fun. But besides all the the bad load times, the bugs and the crashes that it's having. Yeah, I didn't have any bugs or crashing, and I don't remember the... We also maybe played a later, better, updated patched version. Patched up, patched yeah. up version, maybe. So a lot of the times people complain about something... The day, it, the day it comes out? The day it comes out, and they never go back and reassess their opinion. Yeah. You never play the games the day they come out? No. But everything, all the positive stuff, everyone loved the atmosphere mm-hmm. of the game, how the art was amazing, mm-hmm. and how close it stuck to the comic books. Yeah. We don't know the comic books. That have, uh, obviously, because <clears throat> Adventure Game, it had full voice acting, all the voice actors. That... Over thir- It was uh, 30 unique characters. Only five of which were from the actual comic book itself. Everything else was made entirely for the game. Because even the story itself is an original story. Hmm. They didn't take. They took the only influence they took was uh, the form of storytelling. That's a, that's a bold choice. You think they would if we're going to do something from a comic book? They would take a story from the comic book. They did chronologically. Ken- chronologically, wow. Chronologically place it in the story between volumes two and three, which is a uh, black sad Arctic nation and black sad red soul. They place this between early on. And so they didn't want to, they didn't want to try, they didn't want to tell a story that fans already knew, but they also didn't want to write a story that could possibly be spoiler for something to come. Mm-hmm. So with permission of the writers, they had they all worked together and made an original story for this game that they could just have fun with and literally do whatever they wanted, and it wouldn't actually affect the story. Like I don't think they went around and killed any of the main characters. Like because of the five people that appear in the comic books, they have twenty five people they they can do whatever they wanted with, kill them, mutilate them, have them backstab one another, and they got to have as much fun as you know. They they didn't limit them. Yeah. Creatively. Well, speaking of killing somebody. This game has one of the more unique title screens. Oh yeah, that was a uh, that's the, the 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 hanging right. Yeah, yeah. The, title, the title screen of this of the game is literally a, a dude hanging. <laughs> it's the is, is, a, is, he a, it's, is it's, he a is he a goat? He, I th- he, yeah, he, I think he, he's he, a goat. He's the owner. He, he's the owner of the of the boxing. He's a coach of the he's a coach of the. He's like the main. At least the part we played was the main trying to figure out who killed him or if he killed himself or what happened. But the title screen of the game is literally a body swinging uh, from from a hanging. And then when you hit start, I think is when you hit start. Is it when the the woman walks in? Yeah. The woman walks in and sees him and screams. Well, first she's she, it's like a, she's a cleaning lady. She comes in with her 
with the key, opens it up, pulls out a bunch of cleaning supplies, and she's looking around, and then she turns around, and she sees the hanging body and freaks out, and then we get kind of the, uh, then you get, like, the prologue of introducing how the, the do the quick time events and stuff like that with that rhinoceros dude. Yeah. And so, like, the game itself was presented very well, but it does a lot of things like these graphic adventures tend to do. Where you need to bribe this uh, armless, legless goat in the back alley, but he'll only take food with cheese on it. And so you gotta walk down the end of the street, figure out a way to get cheese, figure out a way to get food. To get some... The walking back and forth, I think, was. They should have been able to. Tedious uh, things. Like, uh, they, if you're gonna be, be making me bounce back and forth, let me do a hot swap, man. Pull up a little mini map and let me click diner. Yeah. Alleyway, gym. Like, let me just kind of pop instead of having to apartment. literally apartment. There was so many key locations you could go to, and you, it kind of, the game kind of made you traipse. Traipse, yeah, traipse is a good word. Traipse back and forth. I got tired of walking back and forth between the diner and the diner and the gym. That walk, that walk did get kind of tedious. Yeah, and especially for a game, the game poses six different endings that you can acquire through depending on. Which I, I don't. I mean, if you're telling me a noir story, have the story figured out. Yeah, I don't know why people are still all 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 batty about this love. Everything's got to have multiple endings. Like write, I mean, he said, write your damn story. Yeah, like I get it. Oh, I can't decide or whatever. I mean, things are hard to end. I fully understand things are incredibly difficult to end. I don't know, one or two. You know, or just have an ending. Yeah. Just pick one and stick by it. I, I don't know. I'm so tired of multiple endings. The the only place I hate regular games is whatever. The only place and, and this is not the same thing, but the only thing I hate having multiple endings more than a regular game is any any kind of RPGs. Long games have multiple endings. Oh get, yeah, get rid of that. I mean, it's unnecessary. I'm not going to play another sixty hours to see another ending that's three sentences different than the last one I saw. I just, I just, I just. Are you quoting? Are you talking about Mass Effect? Well, no, 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 no. But starting to JRPGs do it too. Everybody, but um, most all video games these days have seems like they have multiple endings in some sort of way. I, I prefer a game to be you know a story be told through and through. Like um, I ain't say it's the best thing ever, but like God of War or Hellblade was pretty. Hellblade, good. Horizon Zero Dawn, these bigger games that just have a story to tell and that's it. You know, they don't have these multiple. Endings. I guess there's a lot of games that do have straight stories, but there's so many things that lean on this. And there, and multiple there, endings. Like you gotta, you gotta pick a canon ending at some point, you yeah. know. And even in Horizon, like there are decisions you make that involve you killing certain characters or kill, like that one guy, the hunter. And if you kept him alive or didn't keep him alive, he would or wouldn't appear in the final thing. But the final thing still happened, regardless. Whether some people are going to be dead, does that count as possible endings or just variations on the same ending? It's just variations on the the context I guess of the ending itself which doesn't change yeah this and is a noir thing I know this ha- this has to do with because I remember reading about this game though is because there's different people can survive and die throughout this storyline yeah and it changes what happens throughout this game which is okay I guess but like I don't know just especially if you're writing like it's not like if you not like, not like when you re- read when you read this comic book which we didn't read the comic book we read this comic book it's not like you're getting to make choices yeah, it's not like you're a, reading. You're reading the story that the writers of the comic book wrote, so don't make a video game 
that isn't just telling the story that y'all wrote. Like, I just don't understand. Either they die or they don't die. You you, you write it. And how about instead of six possible endings, you... And you, and you work harder. You work harder or you save some of those endings and make a sequel or something and use one of the altered endings for the sequel. I don't know. It's a different outcome for a different story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And don't give me the, oh, everybody's experience is different bullcrap they feed you for these choice games it's it's not no it's the illusion of choice it always is always has been always will be oh, I just, we gotta get rid of this multiple plot lines and multiple and get back to people get back to people just writing their writing their games all the way through and well we we didn't mention why the name was called black sad mm, this is the main character yeah his, his name's john black sad and he's a, a panther yeah cat he he says he says cat doesn't he he's a cat oh, i thought it was a panther just because his his character model and everything i thought that it was a panther I mean, he goes, i'm a cat i'm a cat well the voice acting was really good yeah i said that earlier yeah and but he uh i kind of tried to look at everybody and there was any no one really super stood out in their repertoire of stuff which is like this the the, the main guy uh black sad he's been in like 30 things and some of the bigger ones were he was in Beyond Two Souls and Detroit Become Human. He's worked at that company quite a bit. Yeah. Still haven't played Detroit. Nah, I want to, though. Now... It's been better to have... Maybe it always ain't always better to have the no-name people, but I feel like you start hearing seeing the same voice actors. I know people, people love repeat work, but you start seeing the same voice actors across video games and stuff like that. It kind of starts pulling you out after a while. You know, pulling you out of the story, mm. trying to recognize it. I know people love to. It's like using the same, same thing. You use the same actors across the board in movies and stuff like that. But sometimes it's fun to see, New. see and hear no names, and, you, oh, and yeah. it kind of pulls you. Like to be there at the at the at the start of someone's career. And not even that, just to have an experience where you're not thinking like, oh, I remember them from this other thing. Oh yeah, that they're just this. They're just in this moment. They're just this character to you. Not that this was good enough to be like just that, but I'm just saying it's it's nice sometimes to, like you said, you really know any of the voice actors for this, and that's fine. Yeah, it makes, makes for easier to live in that world, I guess. Yeah, less uh, more, it's more uh, disbelief. Sep- what, what, what's I'm looking for? I don't know. Separation of disbelief or something. I don't know what you're trying to say. Me neither. Um, I do know that there have been two attempts to try and make a movie based off the Black Sad franchise. One back in 2006 by the director Louis Leterre, and he's the director for The Incredible Hulk and the Transporter series. But as far as I know, nothing's ever come of it. said he was interested in making a, a movie and that they were trying to find funding. They would, they'd be doing the animals? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, and then that was in 2006. Now in 2009, uh, another uh, director that we we very much enjoy, uh, Alexander Aha, mm-hmm. uh, had said that they have the movie budgeted at 100 million dollars and that they're working on a script. 100 million dollars for a detective movie. I'm assuming that the amount of CG or prosthetic they would have to use, because every like I said, everything's anthropomorphized. Yeah. But as far as I know, nothing's that's, ever come. That's got to be a hard sale, though. A hundred million for a detective movie. For a detective noir that's, film. That's why it's 2009 and we're in 2021 and there ain't no movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Even with the big, even with a big director like him. Yeah, you'd have to make an animated thing. Which would, wouldn't be terrible. Make a CGI movie. It wouldn't be awful. I mean, the CGI, but at, at that point, you might as well just read the comic or play the game. I just, it just mm-hmm. at a certain point, you're spending money on something that nobody was really asking for. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have too much more to say about this. Yeah, that's I mean, another thing. Uh, do you know how far you got? Or the the main, the main reason of quitting was just tedious tedium for me tedium and boredom i think we got to about the exact same spot uh oh that and there's a stupid thing i was following the guide and the, one of the achievements are through these stupid collectibles which are animalized uh sports stars it's sporting Base- baseball, baseball cards. cards and stuff like that yeah the, the these guys these developers have idiotic idiotically randomized the placing of their collectibles which yeah. is the worst one of the worst video game ideas, developer ideas I've ever heard in my life. Like, you're going to get these collectibles, but they're going to appear in a random order in random spots. But in this room, there will be eight, but they'll be placed randomly inside this room. No, I don't. I already hate pointless collectibles, and now you're making them appear differently and randomly? No. Yeah, I, absolute worst idea I've heard in a so game. I stopped caring about that and tried to focus on the story. And then I was running through the story, and then I got to a point, like I said earlier about a homeless goat who wanted food with cheese on it and trying to, and just the, the traipsing. And like I said, I don't mind noir films. I don't mind a good noir story, mm-hmm. but it's just, I don't know, maybe the inner, like I said, it needs a hot swap. It needs some sort of fast travel, quick thing to bop, bop, bop in between all these different locations just to speed up the process, just to skosh more. Because like if you're doing a an, a graphic adventure, you want people to enjoy the story, the story. The story's the main part, and not yeah. just be walking around. Yeah, I had made boredom. even before even when I quit, I done made half a dozen or more trips walking back and forth between the diner and the and the gym. And the, the gym. Yeah, yeah, it was annoying because there's a lady in the gym, lady in the diner who she's the clean. She like she worked in the diner during the day. And she cleaned up at cleaned night. Cleaned the gym at night. So he's the one that found the body. So he had mm-hmm. to talk to her a bunch of times. And she was t- some tied to some of the other characters inside the gym, too. So he had to talk to her a bunch. You go back and forth between the talk to somebody at the gym, go talk to her at the diner, go talk to somebody at the gym. And, and you, 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 to... sometimes you're walking all the way down there to get one new clue from her. And then walk all the way back down to the, go back down to the gym, talk to somebody. And like, oh, yeah, she said that. But here's this. And then walk all the way back down to the diner. Like, Come on now. We could, we could do better than this. And then the fact, uh, the cool thing, I guess, was he would use his heightened cat senses to slow down time and be like, huh, her pulse is quickening, so she must be telling the truth or hiding the truth. And you're just like, what is happening? Well, that was that was fine. He just, he just saw minuteness, his cat vision and stuff. He would see the other details. And just like gathering clues, really. And like, you remember when we played uh, any of the Sherlock Holmes games? Yeah. He had like, not Sherlock vision, but whatever he would call it. His mind see, palace site. Mind, well, he would see all the details on somebody's clothes and all the like. There's a wrinkle here, a blood stain, or yeah. bags under their eyes. That they got that probably from. Well, who knows if they played the Sherlock games, but that was almost exactly from the Sherlock games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was tedium and boredom. I don't. I don't even care what happened the rest of the way. And I, I don't really. It ain't this game's fault, but uh, mur- murder mystery stories are so boring to me. A lot of the time, I just I just don't care who killed who and why. I mean, it's always the same. It's money, 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 jealousy, sex. It's always the same reasons. There's never, 
any original ideas when it comes to murdering somebody. So I, I get I get bored of that really quickly. Now, before we move on, uh, I don't really have much else to say about it. I do have the name of their next game they're working on. It's supposed to hit PC December in December, and then hit console later in twenty two in early twenty twenty two. And they're doing uh, Hitchcock's Vertigo. Not really. Yeah, but they're not doing it from our the the character's perspective from the movie. They're doing other people. What? <laughs> yeah, some young cop named like Marty. Well, I think his last name was Martin. It was like Detective Martin. So it might be the guy working alongside or working behind the Jim Novak and no Kim Novak and um. Oh my God. Anyway, but yeah, the the, char- the main characters. Yeah, that's strange. I'm not sure how well Vertigo would transfer to a video game world. Yeah, I mean, either. Be like this, be probably walking back and forth in places. We'll get tired of playing. If it'll be in our game fly at some point, and we'll oh, yeah. not finish it. Now, I wonder if we'll finish yesterday's Origins. It's on our... We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so that's all we have for video games. We know this is... Uh, really short but that's on that's on purpose we bang through these games quickly because you know we didn't beat them we will have you if this is your first time listening to this podcast or other episodes which will spend much longer times on even one or two games a lot of the episodes or most episodes are two games we will dedicate a whole, a whole game to a whole episode to one game if the game is if we like the game a whole bunch or the game was lengthy enough i think our previous episode to this was uh, Monster Hunter Stories, which was a game we enjoyed quite a bit. It got a full episode dedicated to itself. But uh, but it, it, this I mean, I know this basically seems like we're throwing these games to the wayside, which let's be honest, we are. So that's what we that's what we use GameFly for. Every now every now and then on GameFly, we'll find some good gems. Uh, and these games were not those. So well, the last thing we'll do on here is let Blake tell you about a show he thinks you should uh, look into I think might be his first comedy show maybe I don't know I watched it first and I got you to watch it after me I watched it with uh, Jessica and then you watched it at work so the 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 TV show I'm going to be trying to sell you sell you on today is called Angie Tribeca Now it's a I believe it was originally a TBS ex, TBS show. They know funny, and <laughs> it came out uh, January seventeenth, twenty sixteen, and ran till December thirtieth, twenty eighteen. You said their slogan so dishearteningly, <laughs> like, like they paid you to say it. So the show's got <laughs> four seasons. Uh, it runs 40 episodes, so 10, 10 episodes a season. Yeah. Now, the show itself was created by Steve and Nancy Carell. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who Steve Carell is, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, Nancy's just his wife. Yeah, it? Nancy's his wife. And so they're funny people, and they make funny shows. And now this show itself is a parody of the standard police procedural. What's so funny? 
Oh, that TBS thing is killing me. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I'll cut this out. <laughs> it was just like, you had to say it even though you didn't want to. Have they even said that in a, long, in a decade? I, I, probably? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> didn't they say that when we were kids? Probably when we were kids. I think so, yeah. Oh, man. That's funny. It's not funnier than the show, but that's killing me. Oh, man. Sorry, people. Uh, and so. If, if I don't cut this out. And so, uh, like I said, it's a parody of the standard police procedural. And they just take it and they run with it. And they have so many yeah, just great awful one-liners yeah. like anytime someone's made fun of a police procedural in a movie or tv show where they're like we found the guy without his head and they're like he's not getting a head in life you know those awful one-liners they just take that to the extreme yeah he said it's a, a police procedural but it in no way does the show ever take that side of it seriously no like there's there, never there is no heartfelt there's really a bad guy episode. There's no real sad murders and like that. They get the show is never in, in any point ever supposed to take any of that stuff seriously. It's a comedy through and through. It's like one of the uh, I'm trying to think of one of the cases was a cereal pie thrower was a clown who would hit people in the face with the whipped cream pies, mm-hmm. and that was the case of the episode. Mm-hmm. And just silly, and every episode is loaded with cameos and uh, ensembles and just people just coming in for 20 minutes and just, because the whole, they are half hour episodes, mm-hmm. 22 minutes, 22 bro. minutes. And they are just absolutely, it's one of those shows where you can't watch more than probably two just because there's so much comedy, not only happening in front of you, but while they're having a semi-serious moment where they're just quietly contemplating the news they were just given, there's just stupid stuff going on in the background. Like, for example, the serial pie thrower. Well, they're, like, they're investigating this person who died from being hit in the face too hard with the pie. And they're just contemplating, like, how oh, we figure this out? And then there's a dude in the background throwing pies in people's faces. <laughs> while And they still can't find the guy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I mean Cammy, I mean they have also they Chris Pines in here. Mm-hmm. There's Alfred Milano. There's well, Alfred Milano's in every every episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't mean to. He's just on my head, in my thoughts because Alfred Milano uh, plays uh, Doctor Endelweiss. Uh, he has no exact title. He works in the morgue, but his title, his job title, is expert scientist. <laughs> And one cool thing about this is he he's not credited. He doesn't appear in the credits what? anywhere. He's in every episode. He's in he's in he's in most of them. Yes, he's yeah. in like fifteen episodes of the of the forty. Because he's real big early on, but he stops when he oh, gets I, his I, license I, of doctoring taken away. I guess I thought he's in fifteen of the forty episodes. I thought he was in a lot. More I thought that. he was in more too, but according to IMDb, he only appears in fifteen of the forty. That's and in every single one of them, he's unaccredited. He doesn't. He. I guess he. I don't know what that means when it comes to the movie world when someone is unaccredited. I don't know. It's so random because he's great. Oh, he's fantastic. He's hilarious. Like, like they're like Doctor Enderweiss, where are you? I'm in here. And they're like, 
where, where are you at? And they have to open up one of the morgue drawers, and he's just in there cuddled up next to a corpse going, oh, it was too hot out there, guys. So what are we doing? And he's just snuggled under the under the blanket with a corpse, just chilling there, snuggled up next to it. And you're like, what is happening? He's always got, he, he, he comes in every, every episode that he's in with a little shtick of some sort. Some silly, silly it's thing. Hard, it would be impossible to go in. It's, it's all, a lot of it's visual stuff. A lot of this jokes here are visual too you have to see a lot There's, of this stuff so a lot of what we're saying is not going to sound very funny and going to sound very corny but what you're missing out with us explaining it is deliver actors and then their delivery of said dumb jokes you, you gotta take in the timing and delivery is very important to this kind of stuff and the fact a part of the funny is that it everything is delivered a hundred percent serious yeah there is no tongue in cheek winking at the camera. There is, it's they play it. I'm talking like play it straight, yeah, like Naked Gun, or yeah. the first Air, one at least. Airplane. An airplane, yeah, airplane, perfect example. They play it a hundred percent straight. And that's why it's that's why it's funny. That's what the the whole show is based that way. And so the titular character, uh, Angie Tribeca, is played by Rashida Jones. I love Rashida Jones. She's wonderful. Uh, you might know her from. A uh, show called Boston Public. She was also in The Office, as well as her big, th- bigger thing is uh, Parks and Rec. And she's been in several movies. Uh, is she in The Office? Yeah, yeah. She was Karen, the girl that Jim was with before Pam. She was in that other office building with Ed Holmes, and they merged with the Scranton branch. Okay, smaller role. Yeah. Smaller role, but she was there for like two seasons, and then she comes in periodically later. Totally forgot about her. But yeah, she's there. Mm-hmm. She was the love interest before Pam, even though before before they got together. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's also in a bunch of movies. Uh, off the top of my head, there's a, a Cop Out, I Love You Man, and Social Network. Mm-hmm. She's in those. Yeah. She's, and she's, she's really funny, but she's also really good at dramatic stuff, too. Yeah, she's, I mean... Really, she's mostly famous for Parks and Rec. I think so. More recently, yeah. But she also has, I think, a Netflix show called Hashtag Black AF, where she plays one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. So, I think it'd be fun. I'll watch it. I like her. And now, uh, there's quite a few people. Uh, I'm just going to go through like the big the big five, pretty much. Well, not really. There's uh, One of the bigger ones is... Uh, her, her, her co-star. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Okay. Is a gentleman named Hayes MacArthur. He plays uh, Giles, which is um, her partner. Even though she doesn't need a partner, but it's her partner. She's the lone wolf. Yeah, she's the lone wolf in a <laughs> in a pack of wolves. And he's really funny too. But he his main thing is he tends to be uh, he's a stand up comedian more than anything. Yeah. Mm. But some of his other roles was he was in a f- several episodes of How I Met Your Mother and uh, The Game Plan with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize him at all from none of that. So I, don't, I, don't I think they're smaller roles. I haven't seen The Game Plan in freaking forever. Yeah, and then another, uh, speaking of stand-up comedians, another very, very funny gentleman is uh, Dion Cole. Oh, God, yeah. Now he plays Detective DJ Tanner. And his partner uh, is Hoffman, the German Shepherd. And Dion Cole and Hoffman are probably my favorite 
my favorite characters in the whole. It's I'm torn between them and then the captain who's always screaming at everybody. Oh yeah. And so, how do you explain this? It's one of those things where they make fun of it, but because anytime, I don't know if anyone knows this, but in the army as well as in police forcing, uh, your canine, if you're if you're part of a canine unit, your canine is ranked higher than you. Really. So that you can't abuse rank and do animal cruelty and stuff like that. Because it's literally, they make them, they purposely rank them above you. So that if you do anything to your... real? That's a real thing, yeah. All are... So that if you do anything neglectful to the dog, or you hit it or something, it's uh, assault on a superior officer. Hmm. First and foremost, and then anything else you do. And so they, that's literally why they, they, they break the animals above. And so in this particular situation, they play with that. Mm-hmm. So, and to the point uh, that Hoffman has uh, seniority when it comes to years on the force to, to Tanner. And so anytime that they're driving anywhere, Hoffman's doing the driving for some reason. Yeah. And Hoffman's always like, bark, bark, bark. And they have these conversations, but no but. <laughs> Everyone understands him like it's Chewbacca or something. Everyone knows exactly what Hoffman... Is, is it not just Dion? I thought it was just Dion understood Hoffman. No. Everyone, they're like, oh, that was good. that's a great suggestion there, Hoffman. You get a promotion after this. Everyone, it, No one acknowledges the fact that he's a dog, ever. But it's definitely a dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just... Oh, my God. It is just... Theirs are some of the, the best. Yeah. Some of my absolute favorites. Endless entertainment there. And, um, like I said, I said a minute ago, Alfred Milano is Dr. Indelweiss, and he's super funny. And you just mentioned your favorite is their captain. Captain, yeah. so uh, I'm, I'm torn between Dion and the Dion and the dog and the captain. The captain's so funny. Oh, yes. Uh, At- captain Atkins. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm talking, yells at everybody, Giles, Trebekah, get in here! And then he has a twin brother... And a cousin, and they all look exactly like the same actor. <laughs> it's the same actor, and it's just so great. And the captain is played by uh, Jerry Burns, and he's played in uh, Justified, Burn Notice, as well as some show called Dear John, where he played ninety episodes from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety two. Dang, I don't know if this is his first uh, comedy role. I don't. Well, it might be. Because some of the other stuff... Well, no, I don't think so. Well, the burn notice was still serious. Fairly serious. But it says he's he's done several voice roles for uh, American Dad. He's also, a, oddly enough, an, another police captain, but in Lucifer. And I, I think he's later season Lucifer. Okay, we haven't seen, we haven't seen past season one of Lucifer, I don't I think. I think so, but I, I can't... If he's playing a police captain and he's remote, like, I think it'll be... Well, it'll be weird because he'll be playing a different character, but... Yeah, yeah but he'll be he'll be in Lucifer and American Dad. He's also um, in Bates Motel for several episodes. Mm, I never, I never, Jessica watched that. Yeah. I never, never watched it. So he's real fun. Mm-hmm. He's always screaming, even when you're in the same room as, as he is. Again, it's visual and audio gags that aren't like any every nothing we're saying is funny but uh you have to i don't want to like try to spoil the joke ruin it and then when you watch it you're just like oh that really wasn't that funny because yeah. i because anytime someone ever tells you a joke it's never as funny as if you had heard it for the first time yourself mm-hmm. type situation and i don't really have well okay, i have one other character 
I can talk about. Uh, Dr. Monica Scholes. Mm-hmm. Dr. Scholes. That's that's the entire joke of her character. Is But it's entirely taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And she's the assistant uh, coroner with Dr. Endelweiss when he's not doing promiscuous activities. And she is played by Andre Vermula. And she is a member of the UCB. She's a member of the Upright Upright Citizens Brigade, for those who don't know. So she's really, really good at improv and apparently freestyle rapping, which mm-hmm. I don't think she does any in this, but apparently it's one of her skill sets that she does have. Yeah. Her character she plays is very dry and monotone. Very dry and the monest of tones. Mm-hmm. And she uh, mostly voice work. She doesn't do a lot of, like... And if she does, it's like a one episode here, one episode there on like the late night uh, Adult Swim show. But one of her biggest things is on Netflix, where anything, the, the dragons, dragon riders of Burke, dragons, and she plays uh, the voice of Roughnut, one of the twins that rides on the twin-headed dragon. Mm. But she, she, played, she played that in the movie? Mm-mm. Kristen Wiig does it in all three movies, but she does it in all the TV shows, which I think is kind of weird, but I guess Kristen Wiig is too busy being a movie star to focus on TV shows, I guess. But anyway, I don't have too much more to add to it other than it's just a absolutely hilarious and fantastic show. Yeah, have you smiling all the way through it. If you just want to sit back and just laugh at people just having a good a good time making a TV show. There's one gag. One of my favorite gags is the was the intro gags, which is the guy screaming. It's part part of the intro song well, for like the first two or three seasons. Yeah. And all of a sudden they stop doing it. It makes me sad. Was it the? Was it the vom- the vomiting thing? Oh yeah. Every is, time is, is like the, the vomiting thing first, or is it the screaming? Both. Thing? I think the vomiting thing first, and then it's it part goes. of the part of the opening is part of the song is is is, is like this loud wail, like this. Wah! But they intro every part of the episode by this guy. Like he'll, uh, if he doesn't hear the name, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll, uh, easy ones. Like he'll spill coffee on himself and he goes, ah, and it transfers into the, into the intro song or he'll drop something on his foot or he'll hammer a nail through something and hear something like that. But it was this repeated gag. I was like, I love this. Like this is, this is, they, they, it's just like, uh, the Futurama or the, uh, Simpsons thing where there's something different in the opening before the, before the, before the show starts. Yeah. It's kind of like that in a way, but but a, but a real like a people doing the thing. Like this dude has this probably the f- most fun he's ever had in his career was these stupid gags before the show. Like less than twenty seconds. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, a lot of that, and then and eventually, it just, for for some reason, there's some weird stuff that happens in the last season of Angie Tribeca. But like it, it by the last season, he's not doing it anymore. They're, they're doing something. They do a whole like genre swap. Spoil anything? Yeah. Not that there's a plot really to spoil, but anyway, another gag that's really only funny when you're watching it, but you see it happen multiple times. It starts to. I was, I was just like, I, I love this. It's just good-natured fun, easy to sit back and watch, and you can probably watch the show multiple times. There's, it's not very long, of course. You only got, I say, only got four seasons. is a pretty respectable number of seasons for any show to get these days. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's so many things happening with the main characters in the front, all, all kinds of nonsense in the background. It's the the show. I did. Is, sorry, the the show is joke to joke to joke to joke, literally to a point where it could maybe be a little exhausting, but maybe increases the rewatch value. Is almost every line of dialogue 
is this punchline of is some a, sort? Is a punchline of some sort. And it's got to be, be really hard to write and probably kind of exhausting to watch. That's why Blake, I think that's why Blake said you only watch one or two at a time. Yeah, one or two at a time. Anything more than that, you get kind of burnt out. Yeah. And sometimes I think watching two at a time was a little too much. I didn't have time to process both episodes entirely. Yeah. So, you know, take it slow. Enjoy it. It's, it's like saying it's good nature, just fun, silly comedy. It's something you can literally turn your brain off and watch at the end of the night. Yep. You got anything else? I mean, I, I love it. I, I'll watch it again at some point. Me and you haven't actually watched it together. Me no. and Jessica watched it. I told you, but I was like, I was watching it. I'm like, I told you, like, you're going to love this. You're going mean, to absolutely I was, love this. I was hooked probably episode one. It was just hilarious, episode mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I'm sorry, I just remember one of the other reoccurring co-stars was uh, Sergeant Eddie Pepper, Sergeant Pepper. Which was played by James Franco. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. There's tons of guest stars throughout. It's it's insane how many there are. Yeah, I mean, it's all of them having all their friends come on. Oh and yeah, just all their friends. say a line or do something dumb, and then they bounce out and they're gone. Yeah, like, I said earlier the the Chris Pines. Uh, I like I love Chris Pines. I think he's hilarious. He comes in several as a uh, a wannabe Hannibal Lecter sort type situation and it's just hilarious yeah very funny anyway but, again it's funnier when you watch it trust us it's a, you'll have a great time watching it and that's all that I have for the episode uh said write into the podcast about your thoughts on any anything we talk about any, anything at all uh thoughts about us you know we'll read them we don't care we'll might read them on the podcast if it's interesting enough we love to get some fan interaction here i hate the word fan some listener uh interaction on the podcast would be great because we said we say before we know we have listeners they just nobody writes in i think people were just scared to write into things sometimes but we don't bite so we'll you know read and stuff like that we'll take any uh we'll even take band suggestions and tv show suggestions and stuff like that or game obviously we're a game podcast game suggestions we got a one or two of those uh in the pipeline as they call it so just you know find us on the internet keep track with us join us in all the things that we do and uh, i'll end my rambling here and uh thanks for listening i was trying to find it's one of those things where the tv shows have a bunch of different taglines the only two i could find and I'll, i'll end with both the taglines uh first tagline Cop a squat, Angie Tribeca. <laughs> and the second one is finally a show about cops, Angie Tribeca. <laughs> and I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night. TBS show, they know funny. <laughs>